0: We express our praise and gratitude to Allah, uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we seek blessings upon the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay, so continuing, uh, continuing where we left off, uh, and again for those who who are who've joined us before, this is a review to get everybody up on the the same page. But um, where is this right here? And I'm going to share my screen. So hold on, let me actually make one change here. He's my technology. I'm sorry. Um, so Okay. Sorry, some minor technical difficulties that will be fixed in a second here, inshallah. <laughs> Okay, I have to go to an alternate plane here to get this material to work. No, no. There we are. Okay, so uh, let me know if you can see my screen share. So hopefully you can see uh, the, the note screen. Can someone just uh, uh, confirm that you can or cannot? I could. Yes, I can. You can? Okay, very good. All right. So, so last time we concluded by speaking about the ba that the whole of the Islamic tradition traces itself back to the Prophet and the Quran, peace be upon him. The Prophet and the Quran, peace be upon him, trace themselves back to Al-Fatiha. Al-Fatiha traces itself back to um, the Basmallah, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. And then Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the Basmalah traces itself back to the Ba. And we said the essence for our purposes here is connection. That the Ba of Bismillah translates as in or with. Uh, the idea being connection. And by connections, we're essentially saying your relationships. That that much, if not all of your Islamic existence, much of, or if not all of your human existence is a matter of connection of relationships. And so this becomes especially important when you are learning Deen, because I mentioned last time, when we have informative knowledge versus transformative knowledge, most of our Islamic learning in our community is just let me learn, 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 learn. And what winds up happening is you become an an exaggerated or an inflated version of yourself, which means if you have anger, your anger is gonna get worse. But at the same time, if you have generosity, your generosity is going to get bigger. You become a larger version of yourself as you get more and more Islamic knowledge. And transformative knowledge, however, is not learn, learn, learn. (coughs) Excuse me, transformative knowledge is let me take a small bit of knowledge and then digest it, and and then work to transform myself in small increments, just like with physical fitness. they are going through physical fitness on a regular basis, small amounts, and then the long-term, the result being change. And in some cases, increased health and drastic change. And so our fundamental last time was that the core of Islam is relationships. And this is especially illustrated for example, in Namaz, in Salah, the word itself literally translates as connection. And you're connecting with Allah in your Namaz. You're connecting with the Prophet, peace be upon him. You're connecting with nature. You're connecting with the community in collective jama'ah prayers. And then you're connecting with yourself. That the entirety of the Islamic tradition is about connection and relationships. So now we're going to take that a step further, focused on the primary relationship. So we have Bismillah ar-Rahim. So today we're looking now, not just at B, but Bismillah. So Bismillah, just the basic Arabic, you have B, Ism, Allah. And so this, you just know already, I'm sure all of you know from, at the very least from translations, depending upon also how how strong your Arabic is. B, Ism, Allah, in or with the name of Allah. So, So this is in or with the name of Allah. Okay. Now, what we have here is the method through which to have a relationship with Allah, Good. and the first step in having a relationship with Allah, the first step in having ends to any sort of connection with Allah, is by way of His names. So, this is essentially the first step. In having a relationship with the law, with law. Okay. So now think about. when we speak from an informative knowledge perspective, and I don't want to use those terms too much because it's going to distract, but usually when we speak about Bismillah, we say, okay, this is your intention. You begin everything with Bismillah. Okay, that's all correct. But at the heart, what are we saying? How do I have a relationship with the law? The first step is to get to know who is Allah, And how do I get to know who is Allah by his names? And his names include two parts. The names of a law include his actual names and his attributes. Okay. And again, how do we commonly teach the names? We say, okay, you memorize these 99 names. Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, al-Malik, al pudus salam al-Mu'min, al-Muhaym, al-Aziz, al jabbar al mutakabbir so forth and so on. And we say, if you memorize them, you go to paradise. Okay, that's really, uh, really wonderful. But most people cannot tell you where that information is coming from. And most people cannot tell you that we actually have more than 99 names of Allah. Uh, and so here, we're taking it slowly. That how do I get to know Allah by way of his names, his attributes? And what are his names and attributes? They're telling me two things. They're telling me who is Allah, and almost more importantly, but as important, who is Allah to me? So, for example, if we say Allah is Ar-Rahim, and we're going to revisit this next time, inshallah, If we say that Allah is Ar-Rahim, at one level, we're saying He is the eternal source of mercy, just the meaning of Ar-Rahim. Good. Uh, but deeper than that, we're saying that in His relationship with me, He keeps pouring mercy upon me nonstop. That my whole life is an illustration of Allah's mercy. So now let me take a step back and and explain this issue further. That what I think of Allah in my heart will influence, will guide, will inform how I understand my life. Okay. And so if I ask all of you, okay, tell me, tell me, you know, the primary attribute of Allah, most of you will say Rahman, Rahim, Rahma. But the question is, do you truly believe that in your heart? Do you truly believe in your heart that everything that is happening to you is the Rahma of Allah? And if you're being honest, the answer is probably no. Okay. You might keep telling us, yes, everything is Rahmah. But if you truly believed that everything is Rahmah of Allah, that he's just pouring Rahmah on your heart, you would not have any anger. Because anger is what? Anger is when you're upset, when you're frustrated. But if you're just getting poured in with mercy upon mercy upon mercy, that would cure your anger. Good. And so, so the point again is how I think of Allah In my heart, in my heart, that informs how I look at life itself. And let me actually correct this that informs how I look at my life. So, for example, when I'm talking to my 20-year-olds in, in, at school, the undergrads, um, what are, if when they're being honest, how do they primarily look at Allah? That Allah is punishing them. That Allah's primary relationship with them is punishment. Uh, or that Allah's primary relationship with them is disapproval. No matter what they do, it's not going to be good enough for Allah. Or that Allah is not there to help them. That Allah is abandoning them fundamentally, and so they have to figure out how to make it through life. Now, think about what I've just described that Allah's primary goal is to punish them or Allah is disapproving of them or Allah is not there to support them. Now, if I ask them, how do you think about your parents? They will say exactly the same thing. And so another point to think about is how I look at my parents is going to indicate how I look at Allah and how I look at Allah is going to indicate how I look at life. You will see this pattern over and over again. So when I look at my parents holistically, do I see them as forming me? Do I see them as nurturing me? Do I see them uh, uh, as punishing me fairly? If I do, then that is how I'm going to look at Allah. If, however, when I look at my parents, I see them as unfair, if I see them as always angry, if I see them as not there to help me, that is going to be how I look at Allah as well. So so <clears throat> if we go deeper, I mean I'm sorry, I'm having all kinds of tech problems today. Uh, uh, I look at my parents, that will inform, how I look at a law. And that will inform how I look at life. So now, this is, what I'm saying, it's just the default of human nature. So now the goal is to have a proper, which also means a healthy, relationship with the law, Good. How do I have a proper, healthy relationship with the law? The first step is to develop an understanding of his names and his attributes. Good. So to have a healthy, to have a proper, which is basically means healthy relationship with the law. We go back again. To his names and attributes. And then again, think about what I'm saying. If I can have a proper, healthy relationship with Allah, that is going to help me develop a proper, healthy understanding of my life. Okay. Now, let's even make this deeper and more serious. So, so some of you know that on the weekends, including today, I see these Afghani kids, you know, like all those kids that were on the airplanes when the Taliban took over and then they came to america they got parcelled out all across the country a bunch of them were put into detention centers in chicago and so then i spent a bunch of my day on saturday and sunday with them one of these girls yesterday tried to commit suicide and see these are kids that our whole community has completely abandoned and these are kids that for the most part american society has abandoned and they live literally in detention centers dressed in sweats and wearing crocs eating beans all day long And one slit a wrists yesterday. And and almost all the meetings that I have with them is more focused on just persevering through life, persevering through life, that Allah here is not abandoning you. You are not being abandoned. But they all feel like they've been completely abandoned by everybody. And so it becomes especially important as you're going through life to have a healthy view of your life, which then we're saying is founded on having a healthy view of Allah. And the stronger, healthier view you can have of Allah, you will also have a stronger, healthier view uh, towards parents and such. And so uh, half of us in this class are parents. And so the question then becomes, how do our children look at us? Okay, so to have a healthy relationship with the law, can we start with the names. Asma al-Husna. And the first name you all know is Allah. Okay, so there are a number of theories behind the etymology or the history of the name Allah. So one belief is that the name Allah was always present, at least in the history of the Arabic language. Sorry. That was always present. Another theory is that it is a contraction of al-ilah. And the second one will help us understand the first one. So, ilah is the same word we use in the shahada, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. La ilaha, there is no illa Allah, except for Allah. La ilaha. So what does it mean to have something as an Elah? Usually we translate it as God, lowercase chi. And so I'm going to give you a couple of definitions of what does it mean to take something as an Elah, to take something as a God. And so one definition, not in any particular order, is in your heart, what do you rely upon above all else to take you from danger into safety? or to keep you into safety or to keep you out of danger? What do you rely upon? And so so imagine if you're going camping or something uh, and what are you gonna take with you? You're gonna take a tent, you're gonna take some bug spray, you're gonna take some water, some food, uh, flares. You might even take a weapon, a knife, something. Now imagine you're sleeping in the middle of the night and a huge storm comes and it knocks everything away. It's all lost. And you're walking through this forest and so then what do you rely upon? You might rely upon your intellect. You're looking, okay, where's the sun in the sky? Let me walk in, in, in that direction. And hopefully I can find some people. But then you realize after you're walking, you've been going in circles for a while. Then what do you rely upon? You have nothing else. Do you fall into despair? Do you give up? Or here, you start praying to Allah? Okay. So whatever it is above everything, you rely upon for safety. Uh, whatever it is above everything you rely upon to keep you out of danger is what you take as an ilah, or whatever you rely upon above all else to take you from despair into hope. So in the way in our society, people turn to to narcotics, alcohol, drugs, to go out of despair, or young people who may not be going to narcotics, but will, will immerse themselves in social media as a way to get out of despair, by just following and entertaining themselves, get their dopamine rush. Uh, Whatever it is people turn to above all of that. So suppose you lose your cell phone, suppose you don't have access to anything else. What do you rely upon to take you into hope? Or whatever you rely upon to take you from confusion into clarity. Is what you take as in ilah. And so so here this becomes especially important because everyone is getting bombarded with so much news. A lot of it is fake. Most of it is biased. You know, even if we're talking about the the, the pandemic or politics or whatever the situation is, uh, whatever it is you rely upon to take you out of confusion. And part of the point here is your intellect can take you only so far, but then there's a level beyond that that your intellect cannot help you with. So this is what you take as a god, as an ilah, or whatever you lie upon for comfort, the way a baby relies upon mom, um, is what you take as an ilah, or whatever it is you worship. Now, worship is, is the next big point we're going to talk about, but this is what we commonly think of when we think of Allah, that we worship Allah. But what is the word that we use in Arabic for worship? This is, as you know, this is ibadah. But what does ibadah actually mean? Ibadah means to give your most extreme love. This is what ibadah actually is. When we think from a legal perspective, ibadah means your acts of worship, namaz, fasting, everything else. But the actual word means to give your most extreme love. That is what ibadah is. And so we're saying everybody does ibadah to something, okay? If I claim to be an atheist, I am still doing ibadah to something. Maybe I'm doing ibadah to my own self or to my own nafs. But everyone does ibadah to something. Everyone gives their most extreme love to something. And so let's talk about this concept of love. Uh, One of the cool things about a language as old as Arabic is that there are about 60 words just for the word love. Then there's another 80 words for friendship. You know, This is the type of friend that you're friends even though you haven't seen each other for a long time. This is the type of friends that you hang out with in the evening. This is the type of friend that that you always think about even though you never see them. And in any case, for love, I'm going to focus on three key words. One is hub, one is ishq and then one is ibadah. So hub is what we commonly think of when we think of love. And this is uh, this might be how you love your spouse, how you love your child, how you love your parent. I mean, there, we even have words for that in Arabic. But essentially, what happens here? This, you like to think about them. This, you devote yourself to their well-being. You hope they love you back. You like to be in their company. You value the things that they value. All of these things are part of love, that when you are with them, you actually feel good. When you are not with them, you feel a void, you feel absence. All of these things are part of the common definition of of love. When we go deeper, then you can reach a point of ishq. And this is what we would call passionate love. And in this context, this is the type of love we should have for the prophet, peace be upon him. that when you think of the prophet peace be upon him it's like your whole being should be in love with the prophet peace be upon him Okay. i mean this is how it is with your child your whole being is in love with your child but your love for the prophet should be even higher it should be all consuming to the point that if people even disrespect him you should get super upset okay and so this is the relationship to have with the prophet. Now, when you're in the level of hub, all you see is beauty. But when you're in the level of ishq all you see is perfection. Okay? To the point that you were holding the object of your love above you. Okay? And so this is the relationship to have with the prophet, peace be upon him. But then deeper than that <coughs> is ibadah, which is complete surrender. Complete, loving surrender. And that is the relationship to have with Allah. So, where Whatever Allah tells me to do, that I seek to do. And here, this gets summed up in the poetry of Rabia al-Basri. Rabia al-Adawiyah al-Basri. So she's from the, the 800s. Uh, lived in Baghdad, in Baghdad. And she has many, many famous poems attributed to her. She herself was a slave girl for for most, if not all of her life. And so within society, she was completely ignored. But now, 1,300 years later, we still remember her. And so she would say to Allah, Ya Allah, if I'm serving you uh, to go to heaven, then you should just throw me to hell. And if I'm serving you to, to, to avoid hell, Just dump me in hell. But if I'm serving you out of love for you, then do whatever you want with me. And so that's the level you want to get to, to truly, which is what it truly means, to take Allah as your ilah. And so that is what ibadah actually is. Complete, voluntary, loving surrender to Allah. So bringing this back up to the material we covered at the top, we're saying what? That the deen is all about connection. The primary connection to develop, the primary relationship to develop is a relationship with Allah. And the primary way to develop a relationship with Allah is to get to know who he is by way of getting to know his names. And the primary name to know is the name Allah. And so the term we give for the name Allah itself is al-lavth. I'll do this in the Urdu. Jalala. Loves Jalala, okay, meaning this is the most majestic thing our tongues can say. Okay, so on the one hand, I've given you a meaning. What does it mean to take something as an Ilah and Allah is the Ilah, okay, which is complete voluntary loving surrender, but then on top of that. The best thing that your tongue can say is the name Allah. Okay, and so another way to develop a connection with Allah is to keep saying His name. Okay, and think about this: uh, whichever your favorite child is. Okay, so Jonah's in the class; she might be my favorite child. She might be my second favorite child. You know, Nura's in the class here. Michelle; she might be my favorite niece. She might be my fourth favorite niece. But the point here is is that. Uh, I get pleasure by saying my daughter's name. I get pleasure by saying the name Jannah. I get pleasure by saying the name Layla. And that strengthens the connection. And so now you have two homework assignments. Finishing off. So homework assignment, number one, is to make it a practice of saying the name Allah. Right now, how is entirely up to you. If you want, you can just do, the, you know, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. Or you can just keep saying, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. And the tongue will go straight to your heart. And in small, tiny doses, that is going to increase your connection with Allah. Just saying the name Allah. If you can say the name Allah without thinking even, that will help benefit your connection with Allah in your heart. If you can say that I'm Allah with focus on Allah, obviously that's much better, much stronger. The second thing, and this is slower, is memorize the 99 names. If you have them already memorized, very good. Then memorize what they mean. If you have that already, then even better Alhamdulillah. And I'm saying on average, if you don't have them memorized, try to memorize two per week super easy assignment which means by the end of 2021 you should have the whole thing memorized the whole list and you can find the list online easily and so again what is the goal here the goal here is to develop your primary connection with which is with allah ta'ala and so the primary way to have a connection with allah ta'ala is to get to know who he is and so next week inshallah we'll get into the next two names ar-Rahman and ar-Rahim which will expand our relationship with Allah, inshallah. Okay, (laughs) having said that, does anyone have any questions about anything at all? Nobody had their camera on this time. This is even harder to teach. I did stare at myself the whole time. No questions, thoughts, reflections, inshallah? I'll pretend that you're all awake. Okay, otherwise, inshallah, we will continue next week back at the normal time, which is 11 a.m. Uh, Chicago time, and whatever that translates out to for, for all of you, inshallah. Okay, uh, I'll post all this in the Google Doc, and so you'll have access to this, inshallah. Okay, subhanakallahumma, bihamdika, nashadu al-la ilaha <in Hebrew> illa anta, nastaagfirika wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma, bihamdika, nashadu la ilaha illa anta, nastaagfirika wa natubu lake Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O oh Allah hamdika praise and gratitude is to you ilaha illa we bear witness there is no god but you we seek your forgiveness wana we, we turn to you all right may allah bless you all inshallah and we'll continue next week wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa alaykum wa khair